You remember when, uh, when we used to dance for the devil with the strobe lights, right? We, and drunk, so we should be able to dance for God with the light of Jesus and the new wine, right? Praise God. Yes. When, when, when we were dancing, the Lord spoke and he said, he said, tell them they can dance their way out of their problems. I heard it audibly. He said, you can tell them to dance their way out of the problem. Isn't that what David did? David danced his way out of the problems. He kept failing over and over again, King David, and, but he had such a heart for God. And God kept promoting, promoting him every time he danced. God promoted him out of his problems. And one time he was so radical. I mean, when I've heard some radical testimonies up here. We should be doing some radical praise, right? We should do radical things for God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And hallelujah. What does it mean now? Because some of them weren't here. Hallelujah makes the devil fall and wounds him again. And again, and again. And remember, that's the same uh, word that you can hear in every language the same way. And God set it up that way so the devil would keep falling over and over again. But it's amazing how we're getting back up. <laughs> we're getting back up because we don't know what to do in our trials and we don't know what to do in situations. So we yield to the old man and the old man gets... Oxygen pumped back into him, and he starts dancing for you. <laughs> so anyway, praise the Lord. I was, I was going to say, oh, um, David danced so radically that his wife saw him because he was stripping off all his clothes, his kingly garments, yep. And it says he danced naked before God. Isn't that awesome? There's no shame. When you're in the presence of God. And I know Eddie Joe wants to say something, but I. Right. Right. Yeah, we got to be careful about mocking, mocking what God is doing that, that's contrary to the way we think. Because it will bring a curse on you. And uh, we invite it on us. God doesn't send it. He, he, we invite it back to us. Amen. So we're going to honor God tonight in his word and honor Jesus and his word and Holy Spirit in his word and bless the saints and bless Israel tonight because that's what we're supposed to be doing. So God poured in a message in me this afternoon and praise God for uh, Jovan. Every time God would give me a revelation, I'd take a picture of it and text it to him, text it to him, text it to him. Because I didn't have time to do emails, so I was texting him every revelation God gave me. And um, thank God, I don't know how much you were able to do, but I told him just to put my handwritten stuff up there if he can get it all done. The title to this is Don't Yield to the Pressure, Yield to the Plan. How many yield to the pressure? We yield to pressure. We yield to the plan of God, because any time the devil comes, he's going to pressurize us into something, and it's called bondage. 
God's plan is to get us freed up. God's plan is to set us free, spirit, soul, body, and finance. So this is a, uh, let's go to Romans 8.28. All right, babe, you're going to read these right. We're going to have Zinni read them because I want to move along a little fast tonight so I can get all this out. Because it's a lot of revelation that's going to help you. And the ones that seem to listen to and apply it are getting set free and getting blessed. It's on the screen, babe. Romans, oh, okay, Romans 8.27, I'm sorry, Jovan didn't have enough time to type it out, so that's okay. Hey, um, okay. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 828, I'm sorry. 828. My notes say 828. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I wanted to read that from the Amplified. Who's got the Amplified? Lee? <clears throat> this is an awesome scripture, and um, it's really broken down in the Amplified the way it should be so that you can hold on to it. And you can understand it, what God is trying to tell us when bad comes into our life. Good is working at the same time. They both work together to accomplish. Romans 8, 28. I'm sorry. We are assured and know that God being a part, a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good. To and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. See, there's an advanced plan in place for us. And that advanced plan is to mature us into being a son of God. From coming from childhood to sonship. But listen, the devil is resistant to that plan. Because he knows when you become a son you have the inheritance of the Father, and you also have the authority of the Father through Jesus Christ. So we have to become a son. So how do you become a son? How do you know that you're a son of God? Who can answer that? Who can answer that? What was it, Jackie? Led by the Spirit. It's in Romans. He said, these are the sons of God who are led by my Spirit. So that's how you know you went from infancy to maturity because you're led by the Spirit of God in everything that you do. You're led by the witness of the Holy Spirit within you because he's bearing witness in heaven what God has seen in the earth for you to follow that path. Ephesians six ten and 19. Someone read that, 10 through 19. Uh, no, go ahead and let Zenny read it from there. That was the only one I wanted to read from the Amplified. Follow me now because <clears throat> this is a good teaching tonight that you're going to be able to grasp and have the victory. Ephesians 6, 10 through 19. <clears throat> 
finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, now stand to stand. Praise the Lord. So there's something you have to do before God really takes over. You have to do all that you can do according to those scriptures and then stand and see the salvation of God work in your life. So I wanted uh, to point out something. Helmet. Helmet is a, a protective covering for the head. That's why I had, had um, uh, this brought in. It's a helmet. And I know I look ridiculous, but... And it's probably messing up my hair. There it is. Let me hold that one. This is it. This looks more like a, a battle helmet. And um, so anyway, this is, a, this is what we need. But this is the helmet of salvation. I need some salvation trying to get it on. You want me to read the rest of the scriptures about the armor? And I think it's going to be too small. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Okay, praise the Lord. Can somebody get my sword out of the office, um, please? It's hanging on that wall in there. But this helmet, when it says the helmet of salvation, okay, of is used to indicate distance. So this is the helmet of salvation. Salvation is like, is on the screen. Deliverance, aid, victory, prosperity, health, help, and welfare. So my helmet is protecting what's here so it doesn't get any worse so I can obtain salvation. <laughs> and I probably look like I need salvation right now. So, so this helmet, I'm going to put it on. I'm going to put it on again in a little while, but I can't see. Um, the helmet protects the head from these fiery darts of the evil one. So, it's the helmet of deliverance aid. So, it's protecting until God brings salvation to your mind, to whatever needs to be whole in your life. So, praise the Lord. Um, as I put on the helmet protecting my head from further damage until the distance between my current position in Christ to the advanced position in Christ is obtained. Amen? 
Is that it? Do what? This is, is it? Okay. So let me go to First Peter one nine. First Peter one nine. See, we serve a God that makes us laugh and dance. And I'm seeing something right here. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the Lord telling you got to be single minded, just focused right there. Right there. <laughs> okay, First Peter one nine. Somebody read that. Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So you could say the receiving the end of your faith. Deliverance, aid, victory, prosperity, health, and help, and welfare of your soul. That's what faith bridges the gap. Faith is an operation where the of is, the helmet of salvation. So faith is an operation to bring salvation to completion. And then faith is complete, and salvation is complete. Let's look at... um, the six-fold Christian armor real quick on the screen. The hip supported with the truth. The breast protects inward and outward vital organs. The feet to be covered with the good news of the gospel. The shield of faith to protect against blows and cuts. The helmet to protect the mind. And the sword to destroy the enemy. Now this sword is an example of what the Word of God does when you speak it out of revelation, out of your heart. As a sword cuts off things, this is what they used in battle. It kills, they cut off their heads, they did all kind of stuff with the sword. The Word of God does the same thing when you speak it in belief. When you believe it, it is cutting off the devil's head, the demon's head, or whatever has you in bondage, it's cutting it off. So you can picture that every time you speak the word of God in believing, in power, that that's what's happening. Everything's getting cut off around you, and God is bringing you into a place of wholeness. But when it says the hip supported with the truth, when we're, when we're under such attack by the enemy, some of us are bowing down to the enemy, right? We bow down to the enemy. The hip is supposed to be supported with the truth. It's holding us up. It's guarding everything around us. We've got to stand in these trials. We've got to stand in this oppression. It's, all it is is God getting rid of the lie that's working through us and bringing the truth in. So that we can operate in power and demonstration of the kingdom of God. The breastplate protects the vital organs. So there's vital organs in the spirit realm. The word is a vital organ. The blood is a vital organ. There's things that that are protected by the breastplate. And let's move on. Let's go to defensive armor and offensive armor. So we're going to list, show you right here on the next uh, 
screen. What is defensive and what is offensive? Praise the Lord. The helmet protects the soul from flaming darts. This is defensive armor. The girdle braces the hip to stand and not bow down to pressure. The breastplate protects vital organs. The, the shod protects the feet from sin. The shield quenches the fiery darts of the evil one. The offensive armor is the word of God, the sword, to destroy the enemy and bring his surrender. He has to surrender to the word. He has to surrender to the Holy Spirit in you. Because it's a life-giving spirit. And there's no life in Satan. He's exempt from God's life. So you got defensive armor and you got offensive armor. And I'm going to break that down. We're going to go into a little more. <clears throat> Let's look at the fiery darts. These are fiery darts. And you can write down those scriptures and look them up later. Evil thoughts, lust, passions, and temptations. Those are fiery darts of the evil one. That, that your shield of faith should be quenching. The shield of faith is the word of God. Believe in the word of God. And the shield comes up around you. And these, are, these darts are extinguished. If you're walking in truth, they can't touch you. Someone read eight, Romans 8.5. 8, 8, 8.5. Praise the Lord. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. See, this verse teaches us that if we set our minds on the things of the flesh, we will walk in the flesh. What is the, what is the things of the flesh? When I say things of the flesh, what am I talking about? Our sinful nature. Okay, our sinful nature. But if we set our minds on the things of the Spirit, we will walk in the Spirit. And the Lord commands us to walk in the Spirit. And to be able to walk in the Spirit, you've got to set your mind on the things of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the name of Jesus. Amen? The blood of Jesus. So let me put it a different way. If we think fleshly thoughts, wrong thoughts, negative thoughts, we cannot walk in the Spirit. So there's no victory in your life. If we think these thoughts, there's not going to be any victory in our life until we repent from those thoughts. Repent means start thinking a different way. Start thinking on these thoughts that God commands us to think on that are pure and lovely and a good report. He said, think on the things that are above, not on things that are below. So God has given us everything to walk in the Spirit. How many of us had had a, like a bank account overdrawn at some point in your life? And you immediately try to find the problem, don't we? We go after that problem, right? 
So if your life is in a state of chaos, it's because of wrong thinking. And we need to go after it just like we go after a bank account that's gone dry or a check that's bouncing. We need to go after it and stop it right away. It's destruction. So let's go to the next thing on the screen. I think I just uh, quoted it. If your life is in a state of chaos, it's because of wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. Listen, we've got to get serious about tearing down strongholds that defeat us. And I put two of them up on the screen, on each side of the screen here. Strongholds of unforgiveness and shame. The other one's rejection. And these are the fleshly thoughts going out from them. This is something Satan has built in our minds. For those who are in bondage. Are there any of those defenses on each side? If any of that stuff's going on in your mind, or out of your mouth, or in your actions, then you know that there's unforgiveness and shame there. And we are get, we've got to get serious about tearing these things down, or you will never be able to walk in the Spirit. It will be impossible to walk in the Spirit because this influence wants you to think on the flesh so he can keep you out of the Spirit walk. The Spirit is where the victory is. The Spirit is where the peace is. The Spirit is where prosperity is. The Spirit is where the victory is. Someone pull up Proverbs 23.7 and someone else could pull up Proverbs 14.12. Proverbs 23.7. And Proverbs fourteen twelve. Praise the Lord for the Word of God. Twenty three seven. So shall so how a man thinks so he'll be, is what that verse is saying. How a man thinks. So he shall be. So what we think on, we're going to become. Where the mind goes, right? The man's going to follow the mind. Is your mind in God? Is your mind in God? Is God in your mind? You'll know by which way you're going in life. Are we following God? His, listen, God's ways are, uh, uh, I think it's in Proverbs, says his ways are pleasantness and his paths are peace. Pleasantness and peace. We should be going through trials with pleasantness and peace. But the reason we don't, because God's not in the mind yet. It's not in the soul. So we experience pain. We experience distress. We experience oppression. We experience all this stuff that comes, this pressure that comes against the mind. And it gets in somehow because God is not there with his word to keep it out. Amen? So let's go to the next verse. Proverbs fourteen twelve. There is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way to death. 
I've been there many times. It seemed right to me, right? And I was exercising my faith, right? And it came to an end. Now, notice I said my faith. I didn't say his faith. There's a big difference in my faith and his faith. My faith is still there until my mind is renewed. God's faith is in my spirit. So you have two faiths working, and we need to keep God's faith activated by believing the word of God. Because that faith will help you believe the word so that grace can be activated to accomplish the word and establish the word in our life. Praise the Lord. We may persuade ourselves that our way is the right way, but whatever is not God's will and plan for our life will come to an end. And all of us experience loss, right? At some level, everybody's experience a loss. In God's plan, there's no loss if you keep him in the plan. If you keep him in the plan, there's no loss. We only lose things because our faith, my faith, kept me out of God's plan for my life. Amen? So right thinking is vital, vital to victorious living. I can't express that more. Right thinking is vital to victorious living. You can't live without it. It's like a heartbeat or blood pressure is vital for our physical health. And just as our physical life is dependent upon vital signs, our spiritual life is dependent on this. I don't know if this is on the screen. I don't think it is. Your spiritual life is dependent on this. Spending regular time, quality time with God. And once I learned this, I gave it priority in my life and God blessed and keeps blessing and keeps blessing he's got to be priority in your life and everything that you do he's got to be first then your marriage second then children then your workplace that's the order let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 6.5 you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your might. That's how you do it. That's how you keep God first in everything. Loving with all your heart, all your spirit, all your mind, all your strength. You're serving God, doing the best you can do to serve God and do something for him and his body and his church. Amen. Let's look on the screen. It's vital, vitally important to understand that your life will not get straightened out until you get your mind straightened out. Amen? It just won't. The mind, through the influence of the enemy, will make your life crooked. And then we get a hold of Jesus and start thinking on Jesus, and Jesus says, I will make your crooked way straight. 
I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron and give you the treasures of darkness and the spiritual uh, treasures of darkness and uh, what's the rest of it? Who can quote it? It's treasures of darkness and the, and the riches. What is it? Secret places, right? Praise the Lord. So our mind must be fixed, fastened to God and the things of the Spirit. Nothing should get in the way of that. Fear cannot get in the way of that. Anger cannot get in the way of that. Nothing should get in the way of it. And you could say, well, that doesn't get in the way of my life. Well, let's do a fruit inspection then. Because it should be bearing fruit of the kingdom of God. A fruit inspection. Where are we in bondage at? That's bad fruit. What's dictating our life? That's bad fruit. Let's put the picture of the thoughts on the screen. This happens to everybody. This is everybody. That's why you got to keep your helmet on. I let everyone down. What's the point of trying? <laughs> God hates me. I'm fat. I'm not worthy. Nobody likes me. I'm stupid. I'm no good. I can't do anything right. Now tell me, one of y'all said at least one of those, right? Always running late. These are bad thoughts. We shouldn't even think on them. Because we hear them talking to our mind. Don't think on them. When you think on them, you engage in the influence that's behind the thought. So now you're fastened to the enemy and not fastened to God. And when you get, begin to reason back and forth, someone that reasons back and forth is someone that's trying to figure out something that God says you're not going to be able to figure it out. Because he said, my ways are past figuring it out. If you're trying to figure out something, you might as well just rest because you're going to get wore out. But when you start speaking through reasoning, you just water the seed, the bad seed that's in your mind. It's getting watered now. When God's trying to destroy it, we're keeping it watered. And sometimes it's out of disobedience. Sometimes it's just out of pure ignorance. Disobedience would be pride. Saying, I can figure this out. I got control over this. You don't have control over nothing. I don't have control over nothing. Jesus has control over everything in your life. And if you've got a war going on in your mind, you're fighting with Jesus. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Because Acts says, if, if, it, if it is of a God, you can't overthrow it. We keep trying to overthrow things, and we can't overthrow God. When he's trying to bless us, that's all he's trying to do is bless us. And another dimension of his son. So this happens to everybody. But our spiritual weapons, because of the battle with the enemy, that battle always begins right there in the thought. That's where every battle is going to begin. 
God has given us some powerful, powerful spiritual weapons. We can protect ourselves. Primary weapons. I'm going to give you primary weapons, and I'm going to give you secondary weapons. Let's look at the primary weapons on the screen. Primary weapons. Primary weapons. <laughs> It was three things. I'll give it to you. There it is. Yep. Our spiritual weapons, those are primary. I'm sorry, Jovan, I should have put primary there. His word, his prayer, and his praise. Notice I put his word, his prayer, and his praise. Because if it's not his prayer, it's vain. It's religious prayer. And it's not doing a thing for you. Jesus prays through us. He intercedes through us. So it's got to be his prayer that you are speaking. That was his prayer that he gave Lee to pray out. And you see what it got accomplished quickly. Quickly, because it has redemption on it. Every time he speaks, he's given life to something. Every time he speaks, he's given redemption to something. So we have to get that part right. It's his word. What's been revealed to you, not your sister or brother, the word that's been revealed to you is your weapon. I love it when, when, uh, when the word said, when Jesus said to uh, Peter, when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and Jesus said, uh, flesh and blood could have never revealed that to you, right? Then he went on to say, now you can bind the kingdom. I mean, you can, whatever you bind, keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth, you can, it, it'll be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, be loose in heaven. So, so he was saying that you have authority to bind and loose whenever the word is revealed to you. Amen? So, his prayer and his praise. Luke 4, 12 through 13. Come on and read that one. Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. You know, Satan was really tempting Jesus in the wilderness. Because he was at his weakest moment. And that's when Satan's going to tempt you the most, when you're at your weakest moment. But Jesus was full of the word. Even though his flesh was weak, he was tired. He was full of the word. And he quoted that word, and Satan had to leave. You see the victory? Just instantly. And Satan says in that same verse, I'll come back at another opportune time. So he's going to wait till you get weak again. That's when he comes, is when you're weak. So hold on to the word of God that was revealed to you before your weakness, and you'll have the victory. Did you read 12 and 13? 
When the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. See, and also, Jesus girded up the loins of his mind and passed the test and entered into the Father's plan. What was the Father's plan for Jesus? His ministry. He never ministered till, till then. God put him right in ministry after he passed all his tests. So you can be assured that we will never be stepping into ministry until we have passed some major test of dying to self. Because we can't be up there doing what we're doing if there's any self operating in our lives. Okay, what weapons does the enemy rely on? Here's what they rely on. Now, this isn't secondary. This is what he relies on. The enemy relies on these weapons, sin, disobedience, fear, apprehension, accusation, defamation, and conspiracy, division among God's people, deceitfulness and lies, doubt, apathy, and passivity. Those are the weapons that he relies on to keep his kingdom alive in our minds. Because we all have those things in our minds until the Spirit of God and the Word of God cleanses it and the Word takes its rightful place in our mind. So these are the things you do not want to yield to or you'll keep this stronghold resurrected in your life and not the resurrected life of Jesus Christ that's trying to bring you into another dimension of Him and to bless you. Now let's look at the secondary weapons. That's, did you get them all? Everybody got them? Go ahead and take some time and just write those down. The weapons. The enemy has to rely on you to keep his kingdom. He has to rely on you to keep his kingdom active in the earth, to keep his kingdom active in us. He has got to rely on you and what you choose to think on. Has everybody got it? I think everybody's got it? Okay. Let's look at the secondary weapons that's for our battle against the enemy. Number one, praise, dance, flags. You remember when Zinni and, and Teresa gets up here with the flags? This is... Our weapons for battle. There was battle going on here tonight when the dance took on. Psalm 149, 1 through 6. Number two, decreeing, decrees and judgment to bind the enemy. Psalm 149, 7 through 9. Number three was musical, musical instruments. Isaiah. 30, 29, and 32. And number four is God's angels. Daniel 10, 21. God ordains the fight. God ordains that, that we fight the military battle together. We can't do it separately. It's a corporate battle. No army goes out with one man. It's a, it's a body that goes out. So we've got to stay together and fight these devils and get the victory. 
So everybody got those down? Secondary weapons. These are our weapons against the enemy. Praise, dance, decree and judgment, binding the strong man, musical instruments, God's angels. They work every time. They're all through the scriptures. And they gave the victory to all the patriarchs. So let's gird up the loins of our mind. Let's look at 1 Peter 1.13. 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen to that. The grace that is going to be brought to me and to you at the unveiling of truth. Listen, grace can only flow through what? Who said it? Truth. Grace can only flow through truth. And it perfects us, it establishes us, and and look at this vision over here. You see the spirit of grace, and you see the spirit of faith. The trial... Right here, the trial is the most important place to make the exchange. This is where grace kicks in. Grace kicks in right here at every one of these positions. But this is the primary first position grace will kick in for growth. And it kicks in through what? Obedience to the truth because it has to flow through truth. But you see how faith and grace works together. So what does faith have to flow through? Who remembers? Love. Faith has to flow through love. Grace has to flow through truth to accomplish God's plan in your life. And then you get settled in, right into the plan. See that rotation? It just settles you right into the plan of God. So you could see where I had to put on the helmet of salvation in my trial, right? But when I got settled in another dimension in Christ, and I got settled, didn't this look a lot better? Come on, pray. I feel like, I feel different. Oh, parquet, that's what I was thinking. Burger King. So I'm settled into another dimension of kingship, of dominion, rulership, right? And I'm enjoying this season of rulership. I'm enjoying this season of liberty. I am enjoying this season of freedom. This is a sign of freedom. This is what the devil sees. And it's on you. You can't see it. But it's there. I'm going, to, I'm going to prove it to you in the scriptures. It's there. All right, let's, let's move on. 1 Peter 1.22. We're almost done. I want you to get this. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. That's the answer. Listen, truth will never get established until that happens right there. 
Love one another with a pure heart. We owe, to, we owe it to our new birth that's inside of us. We owe it to the new birth, the power of God's word and the Holy Spirit's activation of its power. We owe it to the new man on the inside so he can grow up and Christ be formed in us. 1 Peter 2.9 First Peter two nine. Let's read that. Just leave it on. Just leave it on. First Peter two nine. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Praise God. A holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. Is the battery gone in this? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Those that he called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, a royal priesthood. Royal means kingship so if you've been born again and you got rebirthed and connected back to God this is ready for you to be sitting right here so the devil can see it listen if he sees this he's going to run he's going to run away from you but the devil seems to be running to us too much more than way he's supposed to he runs away when he sees this. Let's look at James 1.12 and I'll show you how you get this. James 1.12. Man, there it is. Wes, did you pass the test this week? You passed, didn't you? You didn't? You almost passed? <laughs> well, you see what was available to him. He had a lot of temptation coming his way. And temptation just doesn't have to be a woman or a man lusting after you. You can be tempted to say the wrong words. You can be tempted to do something for God when it's not your time to do something for God. Because God's not finished processing you. Listen, the mind's got to be renewed. Or we're no good to God. This thing does not go on an unrenewed mind. It goes on a renewed mind. Because now God can use me. Because he's got to use my mouth to establish his kingdom and declare and decree. But look what it says. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he shall receive the crown of life, which means power. The crown of power, the crown of authority, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Isn't that awesome? Listen, both poverty and prosperity are concrete examples of trials that test our faith. Did you all get that? Want me to say it again? Both poverty and prosperity are concrete examples of trials 
that test our faith. So we have to ask ourselves, are we wearing the crown in this season? Are you enjoying a season of victorious living? Each one of those little men on the chart that's growing in Christ, Christ being formed in him, those are seasons of victory and standing with a crown. Amen? And then when he goes into his transition to the next place, he's got to take off the crown and he's got to put on the helmet of salvation because there's some fiery darts that's going to come his way as he starts moving to the next position in Christ. So this crown just gets bigger and bigger, and it gets more jewels going around it. Every time you pass the test and come into another dimension of Christ, and the devil sees the jewels around it, and when he sees the jewels around it, he's seeing more authority that God has given you. Amen? He's seeing the authority. This is what the devil sees. There's a crown. And, and the Lord let me know there is a crown. And he's waiting on us to grab it through the trials, the truth of God. So are you loving God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength? How many can do that? How many say that you're doing that right now? Are you loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength? Or are you in a season of God trying to get his plan through you and to you? That's what the trial is. Because when he gets his plan through you, your life's going to change and go in another direction. Right? It does change. Because he changes us from glory to glory. Glory to glory. Glory to glory. Everything's in the glory. It's now. Or do you have the armor on so grace can pass through you and establish the plan of God in your life? Keep the armor on. Guard your mind. Think good thoughts. And your life will bear fruit of good. We think negative thoughts. The fruit of our life is going to be sickness, disease, poverty, pain. That's what bad thoughts bring into our life. If we, if we hold on to the truth and hold on to grace, we can pass through our trials as God heals all the sickness, all the disease, everything that we're lacking is purged out of this temple. So he can put the authority on us to be able to walk in the wealth of God. The dimension of glory that he expects us to walk in. And we're going to use these crowns when we start teaching on the glory dimensions. Because there's seven dimensions. The crown just gets bigger. And that's where the Lord gave me the jewels. As you pass each glory dimension, you get more jewels in your crown. So praise the Lord. Whatever the condition of your life is, I want to encourage you to keep moving forward in your relationship with God. Is my hair messed up? <laughs> that should make you hungry for God, right? 
<laughs> because he'll give you what you were thinking you wanted with that crown, see? Because it comes to you. Amen? So I encourage you to, to keep your hand to the plow. Don't ever, one spiritual key I've always learned is to never give up. That's a powerful spiritual key. Never give up. It's impossible to give up when you have Jesus on your side. Because he said, if God is for you, who can be against you? Nobody can be against you. He's got you covered. So stand up and let's give him some praise and honor. And Babe, come on up here and, and let's sow to the Spirit. Sow, sow into him. Sow into the Word. Sow. And you'll reap that light that we're supposed to reap. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's a river here. And so we want to honor the Lord and the Spirit by connecting to that. The Word says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He didn't say your heart will be. He didn't say the treasure will be where your heart is. Isn't that interesting? So when, you, when your treasure is a play, at a place, that's where your heart is. Because that's where your life is. You know what, what we do every day to earn a living? We work hard. We work. It's our life. It represents our life. When we give to the Lord, we're giving our life to him at another level. Amen. And that pulls our heart. So if we sow into the kingdom, that's where our heart is going to be pulled towards him. And we want to sow into the spirit tonight. Amen. Praise God. Because you know what? If you don't do it, you're missing out. You are missing out of the river. So it's up to you. You know, what you sow, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. And the kingdom's got all good things. That's where everything we need, whether it's physical, spiritual, everything in our life, our families, our homes, our children, everything that we need is in the spirit, in the kingdom. God. Amen. Abraham. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We praise you tonight. I bless you, Lord, for the wonderful time that we had here tonight. What a glorious time that we could share and praise and worship in unity and in love. And I know, Lord, that great, great things were sown in the Spirit tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the harvest that is going to come forth because of all the praise and the worship with our whole heart and the unity and the love. I thank you for the word that was brought forth. I thank you, Lord, that you renew our minds, that we can quench those fiery darts, and we can judge them. Is that of you, Lord? Is that your voice? No, that's not the Lord's voice, so that's not my thought. That belongs to the enemy. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us the power. The power.
power for victory. You cause us to triumphant always. Oh, Lord, you are so good. And I thank you, Lord, that we're your people and that we are victorious in all things. We don't retreat. We don't fail. Oh, Lord, for everything that we do in the spirit is victorious. And it manifests in this physical world in a victorious way all around us. We watch our homes. We watch our children. We watch our workplace. We watch all the relationships, our finances. Everything becomes the fruit of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. Amen.